Hello and welcome to another episode of The Koshcast on underthekoshblog.com and at under underscore the kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Mohanad is here. Hello, hello. Hello, man. How are you? I am good. I'm looking at my bars and my bars look less than <laughs> yours, but my voice carries, so we're never quite sure. Exactly. I mean, it would be nice if we could get some feedback like, Oi, when I listen to it, Mohanad is too loud. We'd be like, yeah, I know. You know what? I just brought mine up a little bit. I don't even know if that's going to change mid-recording, but we can see. Whatever. We both got bars. We know that much. That's <laughs> yeah. the important thing. Um, it it's uh, it's Halloween. Uh, have you been scared or or dishing out candy tonight? Uh, yeah, only one one uh, family came by. Two cute kids, uh, bear costume, and like a princess costume. So it was nice. Excellent. Um, and then the rest of the candy, I think I'm going to have to eat myself. Terrible, terrible. Well, if you need to get through some of it while we're while we're chatting, <laughs> feel free yeah. to do so. Um, wow, I was thinking, I was thinking we start by painting the listeners a lovely fuzzy image of the Kosh Boys. Please, um, yeah, yeah. On Sunday, we all got together. We don't do this often. Um, you know, longer the days where we all record in the same room pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, also, kind of, we were all geographically central enough to each other at the time. But yeah, Sunday was nice. We all got together at Bernie's place. Uh, it was perfect schedules. Uh, Arsenal game in the morning, United game in the afternoon. So everybody got a little something. Yep. It, was, it was nice. All positive results all around. Uh, muffins, and, you know, muffins, croissants, Osmos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It was it was lovely. Yeah. No, it was it was very nice. It was very nice. Harken back to the days where we were able to do that, you know, every other weekend or so, but yeah, it was it was good and pretty amazing that we found a day where like everyone's team was playing and you know one after the other, not even at the same time. Yeah, well, it, it meant that the hangout was like at nine thirty a.m. But hey, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's what happens as you get older. The hangouts get uh, get earlier. I think. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I mean, why don't we start on Sunday then? So we had uh, Arsenal five, Forest nil, first thing in the morning. Um, which is a, a lovely, lovely routine win to, to wake up to. But it didn't quite look like it was going to be for a while, right? Like the first, the first half was very similar to the previous two games where Arsenal flew out the blocks, got that early goal within 10 minutes, which is pretty much a guarantee at this point. Like Arsenal going to do that. What a goal it was. We'll talk about it in a second. Um, and then spent the rest of the half being pretty dodgy and like looking like they would let Forrest back into it. Yeah, I think the the only reason kind of Arsenal got away with it at the end is Forrest just did not have the quality to punish Arsenal the other way. Like it was always going to be, the the game was always going to be at the tempo that Arsenal dictated. So it was really up to Arsenal to decide that I want to play this at a 5-0 level or that I want to play this at a 1-0 dodgy level. And in the first half, it sounded like that's what it is. I would also say that something that contributed to that lull period is also Saka getting injured, I think. That was kind of mm. pivotal to the momentum and the vibe in the stadium and all that stuff because there's a couple of important games coming up before the World Cup and I think that put a, a bit of a you know t- took the shine off uh, of the events a little bit in the first half but eventually in the second half um, they recovered really well. Yeah, I mean before we go into the second half, I, the quality of the first goal was unreal. Mm. Like the ball in is obviously very good, but Martinelli a to have, that that header is just extremely difficult, and B you have to have the pace to get across your marker and get in front of him to to be first there to that header, and then it's diving, it's in at the near post, it's kind of like behind him a little bit, like it's just an incredible header. Yeah, I think it starts all the way from Tomiyasu kind of um, cutting out the ball on on the left side, kind of you know stating his claim for that left back position. People are talking about should it be Tierney, should it be Tomiyasu. Um, and then giving it to Martinelli. And you're right, Martinelli plays plays a cross-field ball to Saka and continues the run in the same momentum as the pass. Like, it was one smooth motion. And if Martinelli attacks that box just even slightly gingerly, he does not make that hit. No. Uh, but he kind of went with, like, all eggs in the basket that it's going to be <laughs> right here. Um, and it's just impossible to defend when the attacker has so much momentum. And it's it's like a header we're talking about in the, in the game that followed. It's just like when you have that momentum, you it's very hard to stop you, especially if you're in the right place at the right time. Saka's ball obviously is perfect. And yeah, brilliant header. Really, really great way to kind of set the tempo and start the game. Yeah. And I think you're right about Forrest and just lacking the quality. Like, you look at 
the way that they play and this sounds way too easy, but they play like a team that just don't really know each other very well. <laughs> like it, it feels way too easy in a, a point of analysis, but there's just, they have some decent players, but there's no particular pattern. They don't really seem to be particularly gelled. There's no, there's no fluidity to it really. Um, and so it doesn't, it doesn't get any better when they make a whole bunch of substitutes. Like they took half the team off and it didn't really get any better. In fact, it got worse for them. Yeah, um, I think the only thing they tried was kind of playing balls behind Arsenal's defense. But then when you have the physical attributes of Atomiyasu, Gabriel, Saliba, Ben White, that is a big, fast, solid, strong back four. You know, we're not talking Zinchenko, Tierney, said, you know, we're not. This yeah. is this is the a big, big back four all across, even at right back and left back. So they just, those defenders enjoyed just tra- chasing back, easy, recycle the ball. Give it to Shakan Party in the middle, who were absolutely phenomenal again at center midfield. So, I don't, you know, the only way <coughs> I think Force were ever going to hurt Arsenal here was potentially like a set piece. But Arsenal are, you know, that's not what you expect from Arsenal. But they are, they have been very good at defending set pieces for a, for a while now, both attacking set pieces and defensive set pieces. So, um, I think it was really just up to Arsenal to step up, step up the their game in the second half. And I think, I think. You know, I definitely saw it coming. I had Reese Nelson triple captain on fantasy, <laughs> um, but yeah, he he came on and, and he took he took he took his chance, didn't he? He did. I don't think it's really going to make any difference in terms of the long term progression of, of Reese Nelson at Arsenal, but it was nice to see. I mean, he he's he's had a, a very difficult few years after being kind of labeled the golden boy, right? Like it was supposed to be him. Not you know it wasn't supposed to be Saka it wasn't supposed you know the, he was the one uh, and it never really worked out so it's nice for him um, and you know really good because when Saka goes off injured you know that's that's a bit of a a kick in the teeth um, but the guy that comes on scores two goals um, and fits in and has a great game so that's that's very nice it's very encouraging um, and in contrast to Jesse Lingard who Jesus Christ like what has happened to this kid he's fallen off an absolute cliff. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, the the thing with Reese Nelson. Just to go back to him a little bit, is that like I think it was a good decision by Arteta because the other option was Fabio Vieira, and I just think as Nelson is, you know, he's not in form, he's not the best that we get it, but he he's a like he's a wide player. He sure. wants to drive at people. He wants to do the stuff that we want a wide player to do, as opposed to Fabio Vieira that wants to come in and create and step on Odegaard's toes and both of them playing the same. You know what I mean? So I think it was a good decision. Obviously, I don't think even Arteta in his wildest dreams thought this would be the outcome, but it was a brave move. Um, and yeah, Lingard, I mean, we we know in the summer, he said he had all these options that he was thinking about and he was thinking about MLS and thinking about... Yeah, so at the end of the day, I think his career was pretty much done when, when he was released by United. Um, the fact that West Ham, like West Ham, didn't go back for him. I don't know if they did. They did. They did. He just he chose. Forest offered well, him more money. That tells you everything you need to know about where his head is, right? Mm. So, um, but yeah, recent. I mean, you talk about recent. Nelson supposed to be the wonder kid. I mean, he, him, and Sancho were coming up around the same time. People mm-hmm. were looking at around the same trajectory, um, and I guess you know it just worked out for Sancho in Germany. Not so much yet in England, but it did work out for uh, for him in Germany. Reese Nelson went on a couple of loans, a lot of injuries that didn't help. So it was just really unfortunate all around. Yeah, I mean, if you if you wanted to be cheeky, you could say they've kind of ended up back at a similar spot, except that Jaden Sancho probably gets paid a hundred times more, and so <laughs> at least that's worked out for him. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was in the end a dominant and very convincing second half for Arsenal. Five 0 victory. Here's a question for you: Are you uh, are you worried about Jesus's form at all? Uh, from a goal scoring perspective, a little bit. A little bit. I I just think like he started the season absolutely on fire. It seemed like he had a new kind of belief in the type of player that he could be. It seemed like you know his finishing in preseason and and very early in the season was very good. Um, and it has dropped off, and you can see he's less confident. His finishing right now is not good. He's snatching at chances. It is a bit worrying because. Arsenal have not in ter- not in a financial sense because forty five million is not that much money these days if you're looking at a top striker, but in a kind of emotional and leadership and squad building capacity, Arsenal have fully invested in Gabriel Jesus. So he needs to be the guy that's going to score fifteen to 
20 goal. I mean, I don't even want to say 15. I'm just kind of being nice. But he needs to be the guy that scores up, you know, close to 20 goals. And if it turns out that that's not what he can do, then everyone else around is going to have to keep contributing a lot of goals. And can he be the, like, Firmino facilitator, get 10 to 15 a season and let everyone else do their thing? Sure, because he has that in his locker. But I don't know that that was the idea. Yeah, and I think when you look at his stats, he is racking up a lot of assists mm-hmm. right now. Also, you know, if if you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, again, it's not a new league, but it's a new team. It's a new kind of responsibility. It's a new starting position. It's all this good stuff. He's playing with relatively young players on either side. I mean, not relatively. They are young players. I was going to say around him in the team, but really just the two guys around him. He's the older head in there. Um, I, I would say so far he's done... All right, he's done well. He's done yeah. kind of what I was hoping he would do. He's obviously going to always have a little blip here and there. And if the blip comes with, you know, an assist there here and two assists there, fine. Um, but you're right. I think he does need to get back to scoring goals. And he just needs that one, I think, right now. The confidence is kind of, you know, teetering on that one goal to go in. You saw the one where Shaka laid it off. It was an easy finish in the far corner. Um, and there was a couple of those. So I would be less worried about him in games like this where it's, easy games at home, it would be more like the Southampton game, Mm. where there was enough chances. Yeah, it was him that was, you know, everybody wasn't playing well. We bought you for 50 million to be the talisman up top. This is the game you take kind of by the scruff of the neck, right? But yeah, I think think long term it'll be fine. It's just a little wobble that I think was worth mentioning, you know? He, for everyone's sake and health, needs to get more goals, like dramatically more goals than Lacazette. (laughs) <laughs> like that can't be a conversation. So, the, so the, the Lacazette at Arsenal or Lacazette now at Leon? Because yeah, he's... now he's at like, uh, Leon. He's banging them in, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Um, speaking of uh, strikers who kind of lacked confidence coming back into form, Marcus Rashford um, scored. Uh, well, yeah. Also speaking of brilliant headers, Marcus Rash- Rashford, brilliant header to give United a one 0 victory against West Ham. Um, but kind of similar to the first half when we talk about Arsenal, like. They just let West Ham back into it for no particular reason. Like United were all over them early on, seemed to be in a really good position, seemed to be dominating the game, and then more in the second half, like West Ham just pummeled them and couldn't get couldn't get through. But I mean, David De Gea had a great game. Yeah, I think United started well, if I remember correctly. Like they started on the front foot, doing their thing, trying to uh, kind of establish a foothold in the game. Uh, I think this was at Old Trafford, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, I remember yeah. starting the game hating the clash of kits a little bit. It was just like mm. United white shorts, West Ham white shirts, and then United red sh- shirts and West Ham like orangey red shorts. So it was like, <laughs> who who approved this? But um, I thought United started strong and made their dominance pay with that goal. Christian Eriksen with a beautiful lifted cross at the back post. I thought West Ham's right back. Like, look, again, momentum, it's very difficult. There's a difference between, like, I expect him to stop Rashford and I expect him to just look a little bit better. Like, in my mind, he would never have stopped this regardless of Rashford's momentum. No. Rashford. Like, he just, he, I don't think he had the awareness that Rashford was there. I think Rashford was so far away that he thought, this, he's not, he's a non event. He's not part of this. Um, but you got to do better than that at a Premier League level. So I thought, that definitely cost them there. And then after that, they, they picked it up a little bit. Um, they started to play a little bit better. Bowen started to get into the game a little bit bo- a little bit more. Benrama, I thought, was good, but he lacked like just straight-line pace. Mm-hmm. There was a couple yeah. of, of kind of um, breakaways where if he was just a fast player in a straight line as opposed to a silky kind of changing direction player, I think they would have gotten a lot more out of those. Um, but yeah, overall, De Gea, what, three saves towards the, the last 10 minutes? that were, I, th- I think people focus on the on the acrobatic like save from a far shot, but I thought Zuma's header wasn't the best save for me. The which one? The Zuma header from like a near oh, post. Oh, yes, that I was I thought that was good. the best one, yeah. That was very good. Yeah, it's he. he's weird, man. He's entered this very weird phase of his career where he's clearly not what he used to be, but once in a while, he just has these ridiculous performances. Usually when United are facing a whole bunch of shots, right? Yeah. Um, I think it helps him. Um, but yeah, he really kept them in it. And you know what? United are getting results. It doesn't look very pretty a lot of the time, but they're getting results. Um, they are what? Fifth, 23 points. Like they're doing fine. They're doing maybe even better than people would have expected from a results perspective. Yeah. And I would say, for the first time in a long time, I would say all 
all in quotations of their signings were good signings this summer. Anthony looks good. Lissandro Martinez looks good. Casemiro, yes, maybe not a long-term signing, but looks like he's going to be able to adapt to the league. Um, so I thought, you know, Casemiro and Martinez definitely this game because Anthony was out, I think, injured. Um, I thought they played well. I think Casemiro has been playing well for a couple of games. Um, so that's definitely helping them a lot. Rashford slowly coming into form. I think if they're able to get Sancho to click, I think it'll make a big difference because then you don't have to play Ronaldo you could play Rashford in center, have Sancho Mate. play a little bit better, but like Ronaldo was so bad again. Yeah, yeah, he was, and I don't know. It's weird. Like he, he's not trying to play and cater to his current state. He, in his mind, he's still right. Ronaldo, and it's like I don't know if that's going to work out. There was one. What was it? Oh, he had a shot from just outside the area, and it was just like. A shot of an old man. <laughs> hmm. It just like it barely reached the goal, and I, I'm not suggesting that he can't reach the goal with a shot anymore. But it it was just so it was um kind of dramatically bad. Yeah, I think what's going to happen with Ronaldo now is it's going to be pretty bad games, and then one absolute screamer moment that kind of brings everybody back on board, and then it's just that same cycle, right? Five, six, seven games of nothing, and then one shot into the top corner, or a free kick, or a bullet header, yeah. and then people, and then all the Ronaldo fans online kind of create the marketing effect. And the pundits go, still still one of the best in the world. Yeah, and then maybe, maybe uh, Gary Neville will get a handshake. <laughs> so yeah, all that good stuff, all that same stuff, but you're right. Um, Ten Hag is trying to build something there. Whether he has the players to do it or not is a different story. But um, I think this season is just results. Yeah. And then it, kind of see yeah. what he can do in the summer. No, exactly. It's going to take quite a while, I think, to build the kind of team that he would want. But if he can kind of stay in the hunt for top four in the meantime, that that's kind of job well done. Um, team that isn't in the hunt. Well, two teams that are not in the hunt for the top four. Liverpool and Leeds. One less and more so than the other. But listen, man, Liverpool at home is usually absolute money in the bank. Even when they're not playing well, Liverpool do not lose at Anfield. And they've just lost to Leeds, who have only won two games all season. I think the last one was in August. I could be wrong. Um, it was a long time ago. And I mean, what are they? What? Let's start with the error for the first goal, because it was delicious. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Joe Gomez... Knocks it back, and I can't really tell, and maybe I need to see it again, I can't really tell if the pass is terrible or it's just that Allison slips. Like, if Allison doesn't slip, is the pass okay? No, I think Allison slips because he's forced to change direction so fast to make up for the pass. So, mm. so yes, if he doesn't slip, nothing happens. But at the same time, he slips because he has to adjust to the bad pass. Right. So that would still go back as a root cause of the pass. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I mean, but... it, like, Rodrigo will literally never score an easy goal in his life. I, I did find Jesse Marsh's ce- celebration a bit weird. Like, he put his hand up and he put his finger up, indicating one, as if, like, that's one, there's going to be more. <laughs> oh, there was, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. But, but, yeah, like, usually, it was a weird one because Liverpool, over the last two games, I think it was Nottingham Forest and Leeds, um, they also got outdone by some brilliant goalkeeping. So, this was a game of two halves, Clive. Melier in the first half looked very shaky. And then in the second half, really stepped up and had an unbelievable save at the very end of the game. Very similar to Henderson's save at the very end of the Forest game. So mm-hmm. two unbelievable saves to, you know, to, to give um, Liverpool no points in both games. But overall, they're just... Uh, also, to be fair, it's a very weirdly balanced front three in Salah Firmino Diaz. Like, it's, you know, no Jara... Uh, sorry, um, Nunez. No Nunez. Jota, no Diaz. Like, it's tough. You're really playing people... One of them is going to be playing out of position. Yeah. Um, and one of them in Firmino wasn't really part of the plans at all. And Nunez is a 90 million striker that's not doing it. Like, it's it's tough. I, I think with, you know, couple that with an aging midfield who are not, you know, Fabinho, we, we say the same thing. Fabinho's having the worst yeah, season yeah, of his yeah. career and Henderson is old and blah, blah, blah. It's just... Yeah, yeah, it, it, they're they're struggling. Trent is struggling. Robertson's playing okay. Mm-hmm. Um, whoever's playing next to Van Dijk is not playing their best. Van Dijk's not at his best. Allison's really the only player there, and I'd say Allison yeah. and Thiago are the only two that are 
carrying their weight for Liverpool right now. Mm-hmm. But Thiago, but uh, Thiago, even if he plays well on his own, yep. needs needs everyone else to do their thing, right? And if they're not, then it doesn't really matter if he's doing it. Um, yeah, it's increasingly looking just like a write-off season for Liverpool. I did, someone I was listening to um, six oh six on the weekend, and, and a Liverpool fan did call in and said um, that he still thinks that Liverpool can win the league. <coughs> Let me check this table. Um, I mean, how many points off the top are they? <laughs> to be to be fair, oh, they're said, only they're only fifteen points off the top. So they basically need to double their points tally to be first right now. And everyone else has to sod off. Sure, but even, like basically, they need to do twice as good as they're doing moving forward. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. I mean, they, they can the definitely be points, twice as good as they've been so far. They have the same points as Crystal Palace. Brentford have one less point. Everton have two less points. Imagine if Everton f- finish above Liverpool this season. I mean, would those be more odds than Leicester winning the league? <laughs> I mean, no. Yeah. Um, I was pleased for Leeds, though. I was pleased for Leeds. I think they've deserved more than they've got in, in recent results. Um, so good to see, good yeah, to see Jesse it, getting a win. Took him out of the relegation zone. I mean, to be fair, they also had a brilliant game versus Arsenal where they got yeah. nothing out of it. Exactly. Um, but yeah, they, this this win got him out of the uh, out of the bottom three, and it put Leicester back in there. So yeah, uh, well, let's cover that off quickly then. Leicester, who lost one 0 to City, uh, it wasn't the best game from City. Although Leicester just like absolutely parked the bus, and it took a Kevin De Bruyne absolute worldy free kick to win that game. What a strike! So. Yes, you're right in the sense of like City was a tough game because at the end they did not score from open play versus Leicester, who are not you know the best defensively, mm-hmm. and it's another one of those. And again, the the headlines write themselves. And are you too reliant on Holland? He didn't play in that Champions League game. I think they didn't score. He didn't play here. I would say they didn't score. So <laughs> yeah. it's just like you know, are you actually starting to become very reliant on him? Um, because I, I think there's a couple of games this season, even though City's brilliant goal difference and their points and all that, I don't think they've played a lot of unbelievable games. You know, there's a game against Newcastle. There's this game. There's a couple of wobbles in there where they're pushing through just through sheer quality. But I don't think they have that dynamism under Pep that like they had a couple of seasons. I think it's not as well oiled as we're used to. I think that's fair. I think, I mean, what I've said before, and maybe it was on a pod with Bernie, or maybe it was both of you, was that I think City will probably be fine without Haaland if they if they take a couple of games to kind of readjust the system, right? Because like right. Haaland or strikers that good, and we saw it with with Arsenal, Robin van Persie, it was like it's way too easy to be reliant on someone that good. It's almost impossible not to, right? Because you have someone that good, you play to their strengths. It, it would be mad not to. But then when you take them out, you need to readjust everything. But if you look at the front line for City in this game, it's Alvarez, who looks really good, but is, you know, brand new. Then you've got Bernardo Silva and Jack Grealish. Like, these aren't high-scoring guys. And even when you look at who it would have been last season, if you think about Sterling and Gabriel Jesus, even if you think they're not prolific, like they're more of a goal scorer than any of these guys. Uh, so, than Bernardo or, or Grealish. Yeah, no, it's a good point in the sense that you say, okay, Haaland's up there. Who who else is going to score in this team? It's pretty much Kevin De Bruyne. Foden is having an unbelievable scoring season, but it's the, that's not who you'd associate with scoring goals. Grealish isn't that guy. Mars isn't the guy. Bernardo Silva isn't the guy. Like, yeah, sure, Gundogan had that crazy stint, but he's really not that guy either. Like, at the end of the day, you're really looking at Haaland and De Bruyne for goals, and you could throw Foden in there if you want to say, well, this is who he is now. Fine. But other than that, like, it's not really a team full of goal scorers. So no. you do need Haaland almost to kind of to make, to make it happen. Yeah, or Cancelo to bend one in from 40 yards. Um did you see the Pep did the uh, the Nathan Redmond thing? Oh yeah, yeah. With, I actually for, for some reason I, I the game kept like I kept the game on for yeah. quite long. Like he went to the crowd and he he did his whole thing and whatever. So I actually got to see it live. Like he did the whole thing. With, it was long conversation. He was like, <sighs> I think Madison was. I think the players are get a bit like awkward. It's like 
you're the yeah. opposition manager. You're so lovey-dovey. Your hands are on my waist. Like, you know, give me some space because this looks bad on me. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it is weird. And also, like, Pep just needs to stop it. Like, I, allegedly, he did basically the same speech, which is like, why do you guys just like parking the bus? Why don't you guys are so good? Why don't you come and play? And A, that's just disingenuous bollocks. Like, if they come and play, they're getting beaten 5-0, and you know that. And B, it's not Madison's decision. Like he's not the manager. Go <laughs> yeah, and speak to Brendan. What what Pep wants is to beat them six nil and then go in the interview and go oh, so good guys. This, this, this is the hardest game, hardest game we had to play. It's like, dude, relax. Like like it's it's like the it's like when he cried over not being able to replace Aguero. He literally cried real tears on yeah. TV. And yeah. then he has Haaland right now. Like just <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yep. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. It was at the end of the day, you gotta get results, and we talked about this. Away games in this league, you get your one nil, you get your anything you take, and you do. I mean, we we're gonna look at Tottenham versus Bournemouth away. We're gonna look at Chelsea versus Brighton away. We're gonna look yep. like nothing is away games are a whole different beast in this league. Yep, hundred percent. I mean, if you want to go to Bournemouth Spurs, they literally came up against a beast. I hadn't really paid much attention to Kiefer Moore before. <laughs> Oh my god, he's literally a giant. That was wild. Um, I mean, for a giant, very tidy finish for the first goal. Um, Davinson Sanchez launching himself across the box. I like all he has to do is stand, stand there and mark Kiefer Moore. That's all he has to do. Instead, he like throws himself towards the guy with the ball who's never going to score from there. Um, but yeah, tidy finish. But the second one, what a header. Yeah, I think Kiefer Moore, he's from... Uh, Wales. Is he English? He's Welsh. Welsh. Oh, he's Welsh. Yeah, I'm just like, okay, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I'm trying to remember if I've seen him before or paid any attention to him before, because I remember the name. But, like, probably from uh, Wales highlights, you know? Yeah, yeah, he looks familiar now in a Welsh shirt. Like, that That looks familiar. But yeah, I, I think it was a really deft finish, like, for, yeah. for a big guy. It was, it was brilliant. And I think the problem with Bournemouth is that they, were ne- they never had kind of the... The, the the fuel or the gas to, to continue this way all game. No. And at some point, Tottenham, you know, I thought maybe Spurs would score two. I didn't think they'd get three. Um, especially being 2 0 down until, well, it was quite late in the game, wasn't it? I think they were 2 0 down. The second, until... ha- second half, like early second half, Sessignon gets, I think it was about 50, 55 minutes, they got the first. Yeah, 57. And then another so 15 like... minutes or so till they got the second. Yeah. But it was more like, I mean, Bournemouth didn't. I didn't think they defended that badly in open play. They congested the middle. Mm-hmm. They just gave away, a, what was it, 20 corners? Like, if you give away 20 corners, it, you know, and Spurs scored, what, two of their goals from corners? Like, you give away 20 corners, a couple of them are going to end up in the back of the net. You can't just, like, keep giving up these set pieces. No, I agree. And to be fair, before the game started, I looked at the lineups and I saw that Bentancourt isn't starting. And I actually thought... You know what? Spurs might struggle here because he's been their best. Mm-hmm. Well, I was gonna, you know, I was gonna say midfielder, but even maybe player for a couple of games. You, now. Could, he's you been, could argue it. Yeah, you could argue that he's been one of their best players this season and in the last couple of games. So I thought, hmm, no Bentancur. Okay, being rested, they actually might struggle here, and I think they did in midfield. I mean, Skip is not that guy. He's just not that guy. Um, no matter how hard someone wants him to be he's not i don't think i mean, <laughs> i've started football manager and uh, just to let you know uh real madrid bought him for like 65 million this the first transfer window. jesus i mean yeah, 65 yeah. is a lot when you've yeah. got too many and uh i i think i think Camavinga. i think even skip going for free to real madrid is a lot i mean it's I, real honestly madrid. like he's I'll stick up for him a bit. I think he's going to be very good. He's kind of just coming back from a long injury. I don't think there's much to read into this performance, but maybe. But anyways, I just thought definitely Bentecourt's absence would be a problem for them. Yeah. Um, and I think it was. And then he came on. They looked a little bit better. He scored the final goal um, off that corner as well. So, um, yeah, shame for Bournemouth because you know these are the kind of games that you you want to win, and they're not part of your points plans, and they kind of propel you up the top because this table is tight you know you beat spurs and it's not part of your because you know you've seen managers of the lower teams literally bring out a board and go how many points am i going to get out of all these games this season the spurs home and away would have been zero zero so if you can get three points that you're not accounting for that's big in this league yeah 
and especially because like Bournemouth ostensibly have been doing quite okay lately, but they when you look at the table, they're only two points off the relegation zone. So like they'll be back in there before they kind of know what's happened to them, um, which is yeah, just part of being being down the end of but down the end of the league. Um, I thought it was a like incredibly composed finish from Bentancourt. That was like one of those things that you see guys just like slash at and smash mm. over the bar loads of times. Um, and speaking of smashing things over the bar, did you see the Emerson Royale shot that went out of the stadium? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it literally went out of the stadium. Yeah, if if he if he was playing, uh, what is it? What's their name now? What's what's the what's the Norwegian team Arsenal played in Europa? Bodo Glimt. Yeah. If he was playing Bodo Glimt, that would be in someone's living room. <laughs> It might have been in someone's living room anyway. It was just incredible. Just the, the level of decision making to actually take that shot on is is stunning. He's providing unbelievable clips week in mm. week out. Like it's just it's it's nonstop. It's it's his brand now. It's like he has to do one of these a game. It really is. Uh, important win for Spurs in the hunt for top four. They needed that. They've got a massive game against Marseille tomorrow, which honestly I think could go quite badly, quite mm-hmm. easily. Um, but we shall see. Um, and then, yeah, Brighton 4, Chelsea 1. Oh, my days, bruv. Oh, my days. Graham Potter beat a lot of big teams as Brighton manager. Chelsea was one that he didn't beat. Um, and then in his first game back, they smash him. Incredible <laughs> scenes. Incredible scenes. I, I, feel for, I feel for him. I, I honestly believe that Chelsea squad is really lacking. Like, I know on paper there's some names, but you remember when they bought Sterling, I'm like, Mm-mm, this is not the move. I think everybody knew Aubameyang was not the move. Mm-hmm. Pulisic is not the move. Ziyech, I, okay, I'm not going to say wasn't the move, but turned out to not be the move. Havertz is plugging a hole that is a square hole for his circle peg. Like, it's just, <laughs> not, like, I can't think, you know, Jorginho's hot and cold. Sometimes he's the best Triquista, Regista in the world, and sometimes <laughs> he can't pass a ball. Kovacic has his unbelievable games where he's dribbling everybody, and then games where he can't. Like, you know, Cucurella's struggling. Cucurella, exactly. Like, I don't know, man. Like, it, they really don't have that great of a team or a squad. I don't think I like. I really believe any manager would struggle with this team. It, which sounds absurd because of the amount of money they've spent right. and the names on paper. But then, I mean, then again, you can't account for some of these errors like Thiago Silva, who has been one of their best players in the past since he signed for them, made some unbelievable mistakes in this game. Um, but also, you know, so the, there's the whole like Potter played Pulisic and Sterling at wing, wing back thing, um, which he admitted afterwards didn't work. I mean, He'd have been mad not to. I think we could all see he that. Thought Sterling was Lamptey. Let's put him on. <laughs> um, but then Brighton had Pascal Gross at right back. Like all the managers were doing like funky things. Um, it just worked a lot better for Brighton than it did for uh, for um, for Chelsea. But like Welbeck was out and they scored four goals. Is that coincidence? <laughs> no, that's that's unfair. I think Welbeck's had I think Welbeck's had an okay season I for a striker know. that doesn't score goals. He's had an okay season. He's done um, the job. Yeah, he's done the job. I think there's enough little little dudes running around that you need one guy up top to just kind of put it all together. But you're right. Chelsea made way too many mistakes, and um, Brighton are a very technical team that will make you pay. I also thought that um, Mitoma. The I think it's Japanese uh, he looks winger. Tasty. He like so the first goal was very early, like the fifth minute when he got the ball, and then he ran past I think it was Chalaba or someone down the outside before playing it into Trossard. There was mm-hmm. a lot of acceleration there. I was like, whoa! I did not see that coming. And I don't think I actually believe whoever it was it was either Silva or Chalaba. I don't think he knew him. And sometimes you know the player, right? You look mm. okay. It's Alan Salamaxman, I'm going to drop off. It's Shaka, I'm not going to drop off. Yes. You know what I mean? So I think players know who in front of them. But I don't think any of us knew how, who this player is and how he played. And I don't think the Chelsea defenders knew either. So it was I like, okay, right. well, I, I don't know. And then all of a sudden, this guy just had that unbelievable burst of acceleration. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> I did not see that coming. Um, yeah. So I, I, actually, I actually do believe that contributed to it a little bit of surprise factor. It would be cool if that was part of Brighton's recruitment plan. Because you know how they sign all these really obscure guys from like South America and Japan <laughs> yeah. or whatever. And just like, let's get guys no one has any idea about. 
Yeah, no, it was. I, I thought, yeah, I, I thought they played very well. I know there was a couple of own goals in there, but I still thought deserved own goals. Like you made it happen, of corner Deserve. kicks and this and that. Yeah, so yeah. Um, Kepa went off at halftime. Was he injured? I assume so, because otherwise that's just a very odd substitution to make. Yeah, he got injured in the first half, there we and go. then um, Mendy came on and instantly made a horror in this pass. <laughs> 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 go be, go stick to your brand, you know. Yeah, it was it was not good. It was not good at all. And I think, yeah, I mean, whatever. Mendy's the least of their worries, but he he doesn't help when they're no. not playing well. He just gives the ball to the striker. It doesn't help. <laughs> um, it'll be really interesting to see if Deserbi wants to buy a proper striker, or whether he's like cool with this, because his Sassuolo team scored a lot of goals. And they had, you know, actual strikers. I'll be very interested to see if he wants to do that or whether he's cool with the whole, like, false everything. Style. Well, at, at some point, some Brighton manager is going to buy a striker, surely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see like, how, I mean, so just, far, no. It, it's just a game of odds. Like, like three <laughs> managers later, like, surely he's not sitting there going, you know what? I'm very happy with my strike option of Welbeck. <laughs> like, my one strike option of Welbeck. Like, surely... That's not enough for him. But, the, I mean, we discussed this earlier, and I think um, you, you put it well, and you were like, you're not in the position to be selling strikers when they let go of Mope. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like well, you had none, that, and you sold how, one. That's how much you know they hated him. They're like, yeah. you know what, we just need you out of the dressing room. Not even, <laughs> it has nothing to do with football, because he looked like a right piece of work. Yeah. Um, but Trossard, man, playing up top... Guy play, you know, can he, literally play everywhere. I was just going to say, sometimes left wing back, sometimes up top. Sometimes, like, it's just like, what's happening? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Effective little great. Trossard, isn't he? Yeah, I like him a lot. Him, Solly March, McAllister, Gross. Like, even Lalana stepping back up. Like, all of these are really technical, solid, solid technical guys. And if you let him pass the ball around and play, then you're not going to, you know, you're going to struggle. Yep. 100%. Uh, Newcastle continued their unbelievable form. 4-0 battering of Aston Villa. Um, Aston Villa's interim manager bounce has gone. It lasted one game. <laughs> they won him sacked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the club of down tools. Um, yeah, Callum Wilson just and Almiron just extending their unbelievable form. Yeah, this this whole Newcastle is a problem thing is starting to kind of come to fruition because it was like, yeah, whatever. They didn't really buy anyone crazy. Like, they're going to be okay. But, like, they're actually playing good football. And this is without Alan San Maximan. Like, this is without one of their most lethal options. This is a game where they scored four goals and Bruno Gimaraes doesn't have a, a single stat. Like, this is scary stuff. This mm-hmm. is a team that has won the last couple of games with... Um, what's his name? That substitute playing instead of Alan Samax, not even Willock. Um, what's Jordan? his name? No, no, no. Um, damn Long... it. Uh, Jacob Murphy. Oh, like yeah. he was starting games for like three, four games in a row, and they didn't phase them. You know, they've like it's yeah, it's uh, it's scary. It's scary when you're doing this with like Sean Sean Longstaff. This so... one was going so well that Lascelles got seven minutes. <laughs> To be, so I've been watching them a lot closer lately, and I know Botman came with some um, pedigree. Yeah. But I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't know, right? But watching recently, I'm like, he can defend. Yeah. He's a good, good player. And like, you've got Dan Byrne at left back. Like, there's a lot wrong with this team. They should not be doing what they're doing on paper. No, but they, but they do that thing where, like, He's at left back, but he's basically a center back, and then Trippier pushes high, and it, he never really has to go that far, like wide, you know. Yeah, I mean that tells you all you need to know about um, what's his name, um, the manager Eddie Howe, Continental. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. He might sound like David Brent, but he uh, <laughs> he's got ideas from the continent. So Tyrone Mings is a really bad player. Horrendous, just always like. I'm sorry. Maybe if you watch him 90 minutes every week, you can you you could sit here and tell me that like 75% of the time he's fine. But it just if you just watch highlights and the odd Villa game, all you see is him being terrible. Yeah, and 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 this game he cost uh, Messi a World Cup by injuring Emiliano Martinez. Um, so 
honestly, I have people on my chats that don't watch the Premier League whatsoever that texting me going, who is this Minx? <laughs> <laughs> because they just care about Messi winning the World Cup. <laughs> who is Argentina's backup keeper? Nobody knows. I don't know. It's gonna Good be, God. Uh, yeah, no idea. Yeah. yeah. Stick Lissandra Martinez in there. You might as well. Um... Unai Emery chose not to attend this game. <laughs> it's the right decision. Well, next game is not easy either. They're playing what United? Uh, United is it? Yeah, United at home. Like, are United are at home or Villa are at home? No, sorry, uh, Villa are at home. Okay, won't make any difference. They'll still lose. But, is, is, but is that, that must be Unai's game? first game. Oh, it must oh, be. Oh yeah, I wonder. It is. Yeah. So, so he'll have a plan. Whether the players will understand what it is, we will find out. Yeah, I think it's going to go very defensive. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, a, lot of, a lot of wing back play. A lot of, uh, what is it, Matt Target now? Who's there? No, not Target. At Villa? Uh, yeah. Would it be a left wing back? It's like he's Digne. No, no, he's injured. Whoever's playing now all the time. Um, well, Ashley Young. <laughs> yeah. Maddie Cash. Yeah, they can they can do a job. Digne came on. He's available again. There you go. Um the the funny thing about the other three games in the league is that you'd look at them and you'd be like, those would be the worst three games and barely anything will happen in all of them. And then you go Brentford 1, Wolves 1, Palace 1, Southampton 0, and Fulham 0, Everton 0, and yep. Yeah. Yeah, nothing actually happened. I mean, it was a great week of football bar those three games. Like Everything else was quite <laughs> exciting. But Fulham-Everton was just like nothing. Atrocious. But yeah, it was really, it was two teams that struggled to score. Crystal Palace got that one goal and then nothing happened. And Brentford Wolves I did not see. Yeah. No, I mean did anyone? Um good two goals though to be fair. Quality of the goals, Ben Me and Ruben Neves, both good quality goals. Oh Diego Costa's red card. That's oh, it. what an idiot, man. Like Wolves already had no strikers. You are barely a striker and now you're suspended for three games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I feel like we told them this would happen. Yeah, yeah. us and everyone else. Nobody, in the world. nobody listens to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, just while I'm looking at live score, um, Atlético lost three two to Cadiz Nut. <laughs> <laughs> Did you care about the result, or were you just interested in that bit? No, of course. Okay. Um, yeah, Atleti are uh, are having a phenomenal season. If I mean, they're still third, but can Diego Simeone just leave so that the world can just move on a bit? We have this conversation every six months. I know. Every six months. And then we Google and it's like, oh, the highest paid manager in the world. It's like, he's not going, he's the highest paid manager in the world to play defensive football and grind out results. Like, this is the life. (laughs) Yeah. And he gets to grab his balls on the touch line <laughs> and nothing happens. Um, speaking of La Liga, Lewandowski scored a 93rd minute winner away to Valencia. So Keeping Xavi know, in a job. Yeah, keeping the club afloat. Yeah. Um, uh, Napoli you, on a tear. Mate, I was just going to say, it, like, if you haven't been watching Napoli or at least their highlights this season, you're missing out, man. They're just like battering everyone, scoring brilliant goals. They've actually got Liverpool in the Champions League. Um, is it tomorrow or Wednesday? I think Wednesday, maybe. Oh, yeah, and Champions League. Like, that game doesn't matter because both of them are qualified, but it's going to be a great game. Should Does it matter fun. who's first? Mm, let's see. Yeah, Liverpool, Napoli. Uh, Napoli are on 15, Liverpool are on 12. Goal difference is very heavily in Napoli's favour. So. Yeah, I would imagine. So, that's so what, Liverpool would have to win like 7 0 or something? Uh, more 8. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe if Napoli substitute with Southampton, perhaps. Yeah. But other Darwin hat trick incoming. <laughs> that, was, that was what everyone thought he would do this game against whatever leads. Oh my God. Anyways, um, what else happened? PSG. I mean, you don't want to mention that Juve won. We can't just pile on them when they when they lose. I do want to mention that they won. Um, thank you for bringing that up. So Fagioli. The scorer, yeah. Fagioli, Fagioli. Not sure exactly no, how you Fagioli. pronounce it. It's Fagioli. Is it soft G? Yeah, soft G. Okay. Anyway, the important thing is that what that translates to is beans. Yes. The other important thing is he was assisted by a guy. English. Called, yes. 
Illing Jr.? He, I just saw something about this. I think he was, <laughs> he left, like, was it Chelsea? And Juve signed him or something? Well, yeah, and he spells his name Illing Dash and the full <laughs> name Junior, like not JR, like the whole word Junior. Hang on. I've never I think heard of this guy. This is one of those things where we have to do a bit like. of a bit of looking up while yeah. we're on the podcast. I want to see Samuel like. Illing Jr. Yeah, Samuel Illing Jr. Whoa. Born 2003. Nine years at Chelsea. There we go. In 2020, he decided to leave Chelsea. All the big clubs wanted him. He decided to go to Juve, famous for letting young players flourish. <laughs> um, so he played in the Juve next gen, which I assume is like the whatever reserve yeah. team for Juve. Scored three goals in seven appearances. And now he played two games for Juve, already got an assist. Good for him, man. This guy needs to be more on the radar. He's, he's if he gets two more assists, uh, there'll be an article, and then and then everyone will want him to play for England. And then well, it'll be like, Southgate's a mug for not picking him. He's played for every England level from under-15s to under-20s. He's only 19, and he just turned 19, like, this month. Jesus. Whew. Okay. okay. Did Allegri mean for him to come? This doesn't seem like a very Allegri move to let some random English kid on the pitch. Well, I was, yeah, I was wondering who sounds like him and they made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. That is, I mean, he should, he should be a lot more on the radar, but okay. Give it, give it a few more, like a few more assists or mm. performances and the hype will start. Speaking sure. of Pogba's injured, he seems to be out of the World Cup. He's out of the World Cup. Yeah. Uh, France are just dropping like Flies Kante, Pogba, potentially Varane. Maybe he'll just make it, but... Yeah, so who starts in central midfield? Kamavinga? Too many? Does, do they go with the young, the young guys? Verratti? No, where's Verratti? He's Verratti's Italian. Italian. <laughs> um, yeah, who else could play in center mid? For... Bring back Matuidi. Yeah, please. Uh, what about center back? Would Saliba slot in or someone else? Konate? Kimpembe... Kanate oh, is never Kempembe, fit. Not Kempembe, I agree with you, but he's there. Like he's always in the squad. Hmm. Trying to see, yeah, who would play center mid? Like you're right. There's not a lot of center midfielders there, uh, unless we're having I mean, Guendouzi. <laughs> he's good enough yeah. to do it. It's pretty he's much pretty much got, a dick. Yeah, you've got nobody. Vertu, Yusuf Fafana. I'm not really sure who that is. I mean, the forward line looks great with Nkunku and Mbappe and Griezmann and Giroud and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah. The defense? Uh, oh, you've got Jules Koundé, Upamakano, Badia Like, there, there are options, but none of them are, like... Oh, and didn't also, didn't also the uh, AC Milan keeper get injured? Yes. Oh. Yeah, Manuel's yeah. injured, so... Hmm. Yeah. Curious indeed. Yeah. Uh you excited about the World Cup yet? Um slowly but not there yet. I'm yeah. I'm not there yet. Um I started watching some messy Argentina compilations. <laughs> just to kind of hype myself. <laughs> Don't you do that up. every night? Oh yeah, yeah, but this is Argentina specific. This okay. was a 19 minute beautifully made montage of his his time with Argentina and I have to say people are harsh. People are very harsh, and a lot of things. Like you watch, you watch what happened. You like you watch how close he was. Like three, four finals, one tournament. Like you know, it it was so close. It literally could have easily been done and dusted with like four tournaments in a row. World Cup twenty, whatever the Germany one that they won twenty fourteen. Is that even a World Cup year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Twenty fourteen or twenty eighteen World Cup, whatever. When they got to the final and lost an injury 14, time. Fourteen, fourteen, yeah. Fourteen, two Copa America finals. Like it could have been a whole different story, man. It was just so unlucky. The funny thing about fourteen is that I don't remember. Like I don't remember them being good okay. in fourteen, See? and so... I don't remember them ever really feeling like they were going to win that final. But Correct. I know they had chances. 
correct and they were not good and I know I'm biased but Messi carried them the tournament like you watch the high like that's why he won the best player in the tournament that's because mm. he carried them the goal versus Nigeria the goal versus Iran in the like 93rd minute the oh, amazing we were performance in the bar for that yeah. yeah the amazing performance against I think Switzerland like there were moments where he just carried them that tournament they were not good they just weren't um there was the moment again I remember the documentary there was the one where they barely um um what's it called made it into the World Cup, I think, 2022, whatever, the World Cup 2018, whatever it was. The one, not this one, though, the one after. Okay. Um, and, you know, they went to Ecuador and they needed to win an away game in Ecuador for the first time since 2001. And he came up with a hat trick after Ecuador scored first. Like, there are stuff, if you really dig deep and you don't just go with the, oh, Messi doesn't play well for Argentina thing. Like, it's there. It's all there. It just needed to be capped by the trophies so that the mainstream can hop on. <laughs> That's well, my the last chance. I, <laughs> yeah. I assume this is the last chance, especially because he's now being linked to uh, into Miami. I really um, hope not. He has, he has, he has football in him. Like he's, he can do this for a couple more years. Why? No, please don't. Just don't. Just like I, yeah. I mean, I agree. I, you know, not just because it's you know Phil Neville would be his coach, which is just <laughs> objectively ridiculous, but it would be such a waste. It would be yeah. such a waste. Like you see, like the the form in this in this in the second and the kind of the beginning of the season was is unbelievable. Like he's he's winning Player of the Month in in in, in the French league, etc. So he still has that level at, in him, and he can drop deeper and play deeper. Like don't I, I really hope he doesn't kind of take that away from us for the next couple of years because he has two to three years left in him for sure. That said, you would be able to go and see him at BMO Field. <sighs> I I would not be selfish enough. <laughs> leave hope, him to yeah. the people yeah yeah for yeah. sure yeah fair enough all right well we will leave it there um thank you mo we'll thank uh, you sir we'll watch all the champions league and europa league and all the other leagues and then we'll uh come back next week and talk about it yeah because no one no one watches it they just listen to this podcast so we'll tell you exactly <laughs> yeah, what happens exactly <laughs> <laughs> we should just make some stuff up yeah yeah brian didn't actually beat chelsea 4-1 you mugs <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if there's one person in the world that just uses this podcast as their entire footballing update. You could just make anything up. It would be incredible. Yeah. Well, that's the funny thing about football podcasts is that everyone already knows what's happened. Yeah. And so... It's you just want to consume bit... more. You just yeah. want to consume it because you yeah. just can't get enough of it. And people go, oh, there's too much football. The players are tired. Shut the hell up. Just play every day. I, I want to watch it. <laughs> true all right uh we're off to go and listen to other football podcasts see ya <laughs> yeah have a good one bye